Hello, and welcome to the Designed for Greatness podcast, conversations with Candice to help you elevate your mind, body, and spirit, and own your divine greatness. Today, you have episode six, It Takes As Long As It Takes. Hello, friends. I have to tell you, I was super selfish with creating this episode about It Takes As Long As It Takes. I truly did this episode for me this week. I have been struggling with the desire to see results faster than they are happening. And if you know me, patience has never been my strong suit, but I'm working on it. I am a work in progress. I am so grateful for the opportunity this podcast gives me to really research and dissect important principles and truths. I'm thankful for the push to dive deeper and really look at the issues that arise when we get too trunky to see the fruits of our labors. Do you ever want to see results faster? Have you ever quit something because it took too long to work? Do you ever find yourself in a rush wondering why it's taking so much time? We set goals. We ask for blessings. We work toward desired results. And then if you are like me, we go all in. What do you do when it's not happening fast enough? It is so easy to be in a hurry and then wonder why the thing we've worked so hard for isn't happening. How do we access the grit and perseverance necessary to stay committed to our goals, even when they are taking forever? How can we cultivate the virtue of patience gracefully without all the resistance, discouragement, and frustration? How can we consistently and persistently show up all in as we pursue our ambitions, despite delayed or non-existent outcomes. The truth is, it takes as long as it takes, and it truly is possible to find joy in the journey, regardless of delays, detours, and speed bumps. Join me today as I explore the law of gestation, the law of the harvest, and the intricacies of this truth. It takes as long as it takes. Have you ever been on a long road trip that only gets longer by the continuous pestering from the kids? Are we there yet? If we can get past the annoyance, it's actually quite comical to see how often they repeatedly ask the same thing over and over. If we considered our life as one long road trip, are we guilty of doing this same thing? It is so easy to fall into the trap of whining and complaining about how long it's taking. Life seems to be peppered liberally with some version of these impatient demanding questions, such as, how much longer? Why is it taking so long? Are we there yet? When will we get there? As we know all too well, the whiny complaining how much longer can suck the enjoyment out of the drive, and it certainly doesn't make the trip go any faster. There are some very real consequences with being in a rush to see growth, to reach goals, or to receive blessings. We all know the saying, a watched pot doesn't boil, right? The constant checking the pulse of our progress towards a desired result actually delays the manifestation of it. When we want it so bad, right now, we overthink it. We get in our own way. 
unmet expectations about how long it should take lead us into a downward spiral of low-frequency emotions. First, there's disappointment, frustration, and impatience from thoughts like it's not happening fast enough, which often lead to fear. Fear that it won't happen or fear that we aren't worthy of it happening. And then on top of that, usually there's some sort of berating of ourselves that comes into play with thoughts like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? I must be messing up somehow. I'm not doing it right. I'm so stupid, dumb, lame, slow, inept, untalented, and blah, blah, blah. Landing us right where Satan wants us, in shame. Don't fall for it. The truth is, it takes as long as it takes. Being in a hurry to reach some finish line is not healthy. And don't get me wrong, goals are awesome. And setting a deadline or a timeline for our accomplishments can be very motivating and even challenge us to step it up a bit. But if we don't accomplish the thing, or if it's taking longer than we expected, what do we make that mean? Will we continue to grind and work and stay 100% committed? I love the saying, it's better to shoot at the stars and miss than to shoot at a pile of dung and hit right on. Even if we don't meet the goal, just having set the intention gets us moving forward. I also like the saying, jump for the stars. Even if you don't make it, at least you get your feet off the ground. Set goals, dream big, and then go to work. The only way we can fail is if we quit trying. The trick is to focus on the fact that I either win or I learn. The only way that happens is by consistently and persistently showing up, getting up, and stepping up, regardless of the results, validation, or time it takes. If you experience deferred dividends, avoid the trap of using it against yourself or using it as an excuse to quit. When we are in a rush and a significant period of time passes with nothing to show for the efforts invested, dodge the tendency to let your deadlines become toxic. Impatience and comparisonitis, they're special friends. These two low-frequency emotions go hand-in-hand with each other. Neither impatience or comparisonitis serves us, and both can be catastrophic to our goals and dreams. The thing is, when we get in a rush to see results and put a time limit on how long it should take for our efforts to be rewarded, if we aren't careful, we will abandon the goal, ditch the dream, and give up on ourselves. This is a travesty. Remember, it takes as long as it takes. When I envisioned my life as a little girl, I thought I would meet my Prince Charming shortly after high school, get married, have kids, and live happily ever after. Well, I managed to make it through three years of BYU without falling in love. I know, it's a shocker, but there are girls who actually make it out of BYU without getting hitched. Oh, it was all around me. I was like the poor girl in the 27 Dresses movie. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. I went on plenty of dates. I had lots of boyfriends, but none of them were right. I wanted with all my heart and mind to find Mr. Right, but day after day, week after week, year after year, lots of sparks, but no ignition. I began to feel myself getting in a rush to find the one. I wanted a big family, and now, Not only were all of my friends married, 
but they were all having kids. The comparisonitis left me feeling behind, less than, and like something was wrong with me. This hurried, fearful, urgent energy only served to prolong the delay in the blessing I was seeking. It took the fun out of dating. I felt myself trying to force relationships into more than they really were. Then, when after so much waiting, there finally was a guy who I thought could possibly be my eternal companion. And then he rejected me, and it was crushing. The reason the continued deferment of my dream was crushing is because of what I made the delay mean. I made my heartbreak over this guy mean that I would never get my long-held dream of a husband. And oh, the heart-wrenching disappointment thoughts like this created. I added frustration on top of the disappointment with thoughts like, I've gone on hundreds and hundreds of dates and spent so much time meeting guys and investing in relationships that always fail. I added a strong dose of impatience to the disappointment and frustration with thoughts about my unmet expectations and the timing of how things were supposed to go in my life, thoughts about how long it takes to get pregnant, and thoughts about my biological clock that was ever ticking. All these thoughts and the low-frequency emotions added up. The cumulative effect of these compounding emotions resulted in paralyzing fear that I would never get my wish and shame that I was somehow not worthy of it. I fell for Satan's lies about how ugly, fat, unattractive, homely, and boring I believed I was. My impatience with the process and my pushing of my own timeline onto the circumstance that I had no control over had very negative consequences for me. The truth is God is in charge of my curriculum and it takes as long as it takes. I am so grateful I know this now, but I didn't know it then. And not fully understanding the law of gestation or the law of the harvest, I let the prolonged period of delay and lack of a spouse push me into a tailspin of depression. For a scary season of my life, I abandoned the goal of finding the one, and I ditched the dream of my happily ever after. I gave up on myself and my future happiness as a married woman. Have you ever given up on your goal, your vision, or given up on yourself because you wanted something so badly and it just continued to not happen? We are often in an unhealthy rush for so many things, and it is totally understandable. We're used to Amazon Prime, which delivers our every want and desire to our very doorstep in one to three days. Microwaves give us hot food in mere minutes. Alexa and Siri tell us the answer to any question we ask immediately. In fact, my four-year-old is best friends with Alexa. She has full-on conversations with Alexa, learning all sorts of answers in an instant to whatever question she can come up with. We have Google, which gives us information on whatever we can type with a simple click, usually at the speed of light. When it comes to transportation, communication, technology, everything is faster these days and will continue to just get faster with advancing technology. The problem with being so comfortable and familiar with our fast-paced society is that we expect instant results in every part of our lives. 
In episode four of this podcast, I focused on the issues related to expectations. Check it out if you want to learn more. When it comes to losing weight, to building a business, to reaching financial freedom, to getting pregnant, to being done being pregnant, to healing, to recovering from surgery, or overcoming a health struggle, when it comes to selling or buying a dog, a car, a home, when it comes to getting the dream job, writing and publishing a book, becoming proficient at any skill, it makes sense that we would expect quick results because of the society we live in. And on top of living in a world saturated with instant gratification, there are a few other solid reasons why we get in such a rush and often try to skip steps or force results into happening faster. By becoming aware of why we fall for the trap of hurrying dividends, once we define the causes behind the rush, it's easier to let go of the frenetic energy. Comparisonitis is a huge producer of the rush. We tend to look horizontally at our neighbors, family, and friends, comparing our journey with theirs. It's natural, especially because of the tribal paranoia wired into our lower brain, but it does not serve us. Comparison truly can be, as the popular saying goes, the thief of joy. This is because we often compare others' strengths with our weaknesses and always come up wanting. We also don't know the whole story or fully understand the entire picture. We make false assumptions, and then, as we continue to compare, we start to berate and should all over ourselves. For example, I know a woman who built her life coaching business into a multi-million dollar company in less than five years. I've been tempted to judge my slow but steady progress against her and get discouraged. This only serves to slow me down because it creates an environment of low frequency emotions. There is doubt from thoughts like, am I supposed to be doing this if it's not happening like it did for her? It creates insecurity with thoughts like, I'll never be as good as her, I must suck at this. And resistance with thoughts such as, it's not supposed to take this long, it should be moving faster. I just wish I could be there already. The truth is, it takes as long as it takes. But creating an environment of high frequency emotion around the blessing we desire creates optimal conditions for experiencing joy in the journey and for expediting the time it takes. Operating our life from powerful emotions is the key. Choosing thoughts that generate faith, belief, commitment, alignment, gratitude. These emotions create the right environment for manifesting our dreams. Instead of looking sideways to judge our progress, may I suggest we look vertically. God is in charge of our curriculum, and we are co-creators with him in a progression of growth. As we look heavenwards to him for guidance, we will know if we are pushing too hard, not hard enough, or just right for our greatest long-term benefit. As I check in with my heavenly family, I realize... I am exactly where I am supposed to be. I am already touching many hearts and changing lives in powerful ways through my business, the mind-body-spirit trifecta. It takes as long as it takes. Instead of letting the comparison deflate, may I suggest we use comparison to inspire. If this incredible woman can build such a lucrative business and bluff so many lives, 
then it's possible. I can too. As she is successful in her business, I can learn from her, utilize her as a mentor, and allow her greatness to lift me. Together we rise, and there is an abundance of opportunity and rewards available as we stay in a place of faith and commitment, despite how long it takes. So, if you recognize you're in a rush, ask yourself if there's any comparisonitis going on. If there is, drop the itis part and shift into comparison inspiration, where your victory equals my victory and a rising tide lifts all ships. Use comparison for the purpose God intended to empower us. Another reason we give in to the hurry of getting fast results is the false belief that once we have the thing, then we will finally be happy or good enough. We assume it's better there than it is here, so we want to get there as soon as possible. For example, I used to think, once I'm skinny, then I will be confident and happy. The tricky truth is, we must generate the feeling we are hoping the result will give us first in order to actually get the result and keep it. We must generate the confidence and happiness we believe we will achieve as a skinny girl right now at our current body size in order to actually become a skinny girl. The truth is circumstances don't create feelings. Weighing a certain amount doesn't equal confidence. Thoughts are what create feelings. So despite the number on the scale, it's our thoughts about that number that create our feelings. Oh, how powerful it is to be happy with what we have while working for what we want. See my episode number three for a more in-depth discussion of that concept. Now, I'm sure you've watched others lose significant amounts of weight in hopes that the smaller body size would allow them to finally feel good about themselves. Then, once they did lose the weight, did you notice that they still found things to hate about themselves? If there isn't love and acceptance of self first, regardless of body size, then even if weight drops significantly, the weight loss won't be sustainable. Eventually, the woman who is seeking weight loss as a means to accept herself will put the weight back on plus some. I did this so many times throughout my life. I yo-yoed with my weight, rebounding between extremes as I searched for ways to prove I was okay and valuable. I can testify to you from my own life experience, the circumstance of the number on the scale is not what creates the feelings of confidence or self-acceptance. It's our thoughts that create our feelings every time. When I began to think thoughts such as, I am awesome and I am a mess and I love me anyway. I'm doing the best I can and I love me for staying committed. I show up in a way I respect as the candaciest Candace I can be. These thoughts generate confidence for me, regardless of the circumstance of what the number on the scale is. I love how Neil Maxwell put it. Patience is a willingness to watch the unfolding purposes of God with a sense of wonder and awe, rather than pacing up and down within the cell of our circumstance. Circumstances and results never create our feelings. Thoughts create feelings. If you notice you're in a rush, I challenge you to ask yourself, 
what's going to be so much better there than what I have here? If your answer has to do with worth, confidence, or happiness, remember your thoughts generate your feelings. As you intentionally generate the feeling you hope the result will give you, the rush to get there dissipates. Then organically, it's as if you get into a current where you flow naturally toward your goal because you already feel how it will be to live there. Another reason we find ourselves in a rush to accomplish something is because we're hoping that the result will generate self-belief. For example, it's easy to believe once I get a book published, then I can believe I am an author. Once I buy a home, then I can believe I am a responsible adult. Once I have a child, then I can believe I am a mother. Once I make a certain amount of money, then I can believe I am an entrepreneur. Once I am healed, then I can believe I'm healthy. Please hear this incredibly powerful truth I wish I had learned decades ago. A belief is simply a thought we continue to think and find evidence for until it becomes automatic and natural. Let me say that again. A belief is simply a thought we repeatedly think. This is the best news ever because with thought work, not only can we change beliefs about ourselves and others that don't serve us, but we can also generate beliefs about ourselves and others that actually help us become who we want to be and create the life we desire. If you understand the universal truth I call CTFAR, that circumstances are neutral, it's our thoughts about our circumstances that dictate our feelings, and it's our feelings that generate our actions, and finally it's our actions that determine our results. If you understand how CTFAR is always working for us or against us, the pivotal thing which we can control, which is upstream of everything and absolutely determines our results, is our thoughts. And especially the thoughts we repeatedly, automatically think and find evidence for, also known as our beliefs. It's not the result that allows us to believe in ourselves. It's our belief in ourself that allows us to create the result in our life. If you want to write a book, work intentionally on believing you are an author. If you want to lose weight, believe you are fit. If you want to make money in your business, believe you are a successful entrepreneur. If you want to heal, believe your body is healthy. If you want to have children, believe you are a mother. When you realize you are living in that rushed, hurried urgency to achieve, let this awareness trigger you to examine your beliefs about yourself. We cannot rely on the result to give us the belief. We've all heard the saying, if you believe it, you can achieve it. The saying doesn't say, if you achieve it, you can believe it, right? We must believe first before it happens in order for it to happen. So listen, it's super understandable that we can fall into the trap of being in a rush to achieve our results. When we consider the society we live in, our tendency to fall into comparisonitis, the false belief that we will feel better there than we do here, and the lie that the result will give us the self-belief. It all makes complete sense that we would be in a rush, but the rush to see the results and to receive the blessings 
does not serve us. It slows us down and it sucks the joy out of the process. There actually is a very good reason for the delay. There are significant purposes for the lag between our efforts and seeing the results. Two universal laws play into the timeline of the results that we desire to create. The law of the harvest and the law of gestation. The law of the harvest says we reap what we sow. Results are predicated on effort, obedience, and natural processes. There is a line-upon-line framework that the universe must follow. It's a step-by-step, one-foot-after-another process, and we can't skip steps. There is a gardener's proverb I love, which explains the speed of the law of the harvest really well. It says, the first year it sleeps, the second year it creeps, the third year it leaps. It's very simple but profound, right? There is a lot happening during the sleeping and creeping time. Things that aren't visible to our eyes are happening underneath the soil. I love how it says in Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Keep doing good. Keep showing up. Do not faint. Do not give up. As all the pieces are put into place and a foundation is laid for optimal stability, then the real leaping and reaping occurs. The law of gestation says there is a specific amount of time every seed needs in order to follow its blueprint and come into physical form. There is a gestation period or an incubation period necessary to manifest something, whether it be a human baby, a tree, or any result we've visualized. A human, for example, takes 280 days to go from a fertilized seed to a living, breathing baby. For an elephant, it's 645 days. A carrot takes 80 days for the seed to fully mature into a ripe vegetable. Tony Gaskins says, quote, Trust the process. Your time is coming. Just do the work and the results will handle themselves. End quote. There are things we can do to help the seed grow and encourage good development. But the reality is, as we consider the law of the harvest and the law of gestation, it takes as long as it takes. Trust the process. One of the purposes of the time it takes to bring about the results is to develop a root system or a foundation that will support the fruit of our efforts. Neil Maxwell said, quote, sometimes that which we are doing is correct enough, but simply needs to be persisted in, not for a minute or a moment, but sometimes for years, end quote. In that period of time where we continue to show up in alignment and stay all in, despite any recognizable progress, this time, is what creates and strengthens the systems and processes that are vital for us to effectively sustain the growth we are aiming for. Did you know that over 70% of lottery winners end up broke or bankrupt after five years of winning? There is a saying that I believe is true. It says, what comes easy won't last, and what lasts won't come easy. Have you ever considered childhood stars like Lindsay Lohan and Miley Cyrus and the deep problems that such early fame created in their life? 
God wants us to be able to sustain what we gain. Too much fruit on a young tree breaks the branches and damages the tree. Too much too fast is a recipe for disaster, despite how bad we think we want it. One of my favorite country songs is Unanswered Prayers by Garth Brooks. In this song, he speaks of his old high school flame and how he prayed so hard back then that God would make it so they could be together. Then, decades later, when he was with his wife and saw this woman from his past, all of a sudden he realizes how grateful he is that God didn't give him the answer to those earnest prayers. The chorus says, Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs that just because he doesn't answer doesn't mean he don't care. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. God's timing is perfect. It takes patience and faith, but his ways are always better than our ways. Have you ever had one of those aha moments where you've looked back in awe at how every little thing added up and brought you to somewhere wonderful? Corey, my husband of 20 years, is my everything. If I would have ended up with that guy that broke my heart all those years ago, my life would not be the magnificent, wonderful thing that it is today. I am so grateful for that unanswered prayer of mine. Finding my Prince Charming took as long as it took. There were many moving parts involved with Corey and I coming together at the right time. There was school and a mission and him being ready for marriage. Corey's two years younger than me. And for me, there had to be a lot of dating and waiting and figuring myself out. It all had to occur in a beautifully synchronized way to allow the miracle of us meeting at the perfect time for both of us. One thing I know and offer which can give comfort during the waiting is that it will all make perfect sense in the end. All we can do in the meantime is show up in alignment day in and day out, despite unanswered prayers or delayed results. It takes as long as it takes for good reason. There are many moving parts that must be in place for specific events, accomplishments, and goals to come to fruition. And for us to be able to maintain what we attain, there is a development of character, skills, and abilities required, all of which takes sustained effort over a period of time. I want to give you some tools to help you get through the lag between where you are and the result you seek. Awareness is the first tool in our arsenal. Awareness, first of the tendency to be in a rush and second of the possible reasons why we are in a rush, hopefully the things we've discussed thus far will assist you in recognizing the rush and understanding the causes behind it, giving you this awareness. There are a few more tips and tricks for your consideration to help with the process of waiting and to encourage joy instead of frustration during the times in our life that require patience and grit. Let's stick with the gardening analogy in order to shed some light on how to best navigate a waiting period. If you consider your goal to be the seed and your mind to be the soil that the seed is planted in, then your thoughts about the goal are the nutrients in the soil 
and the emotions around your goal are the environment. For this analogy, let's consider a weight loss goal. I have a transformative weight release program called Body Love. Many of my clients in this program have a body size goal. If we consider the goal of comfortably wearing size six pants to be the seed that is planted in the soil of our mind, the thoughts that we think about comfortably wearing a size six either nourish the seed or starve it. Thoughts such as, I am fit. I choose this. I love my amazing body. I am doing it. I listen to my body and I fuel it accordingly. It feels amazing to eat when I'm hungry and to stop when I'm full. These kind of thoughts nourish the seed and promote its growth. Thoughts that will cause the seed to lie dormant or shrivel up are thoughts like, I've never been able to lose weight. I'm such a loser. I messed up again. I can't figure this out. I guess I'll just always be a fat girl. These kind of thoughts starve the seed and handicap the growth. The feelings we operate from provide the environment necessary for growth. Once planted, seeds need an environment of sun and water. Feelings like doubt, discouragement, and disbelief will keep the seed in the dark and dehydrated. However, as the goal of being comfortable wearing a size six is planted in an environment of belief, commitment, faith, gratitude, and love, this environment is optimal for growing the seed. It's like basking the seed in warm sunlight and sprinkling it with just the right amount of water necessary for optimal growth. Time is the incubation period necessary for the roots to develop into a strong foundation. And the time that it takes is the one piece of the equation we don't have any control over. Stay focused on the things you can control, our thoughts, feelings, and actions. It's this time piece that ensures we develop the habits and character necessary to maintain the growth we will achieve. I love how Elizabeth Elliot says, don't dig up in doubt what you planted in faith. There are times when we need to do a gut check and adjust our time to God's time. Neil Maxwell says, quote, patience is accepting a divine rhythm to life. It is obedience prolonged. Patience stoutly resists pulling up the daisies to see how the roots are doing. End quote. It takes as long as it takes. Seeds need to be protected from predators in order to grow to maturity. We can protect our goal by staying vigilant against predators. Kick out the haters, the pessimists, and the fault finders when you are nurturing your seed. If there are mean people who make fun of your attempts to change habits or push you to neglect your goal, stop giving them your time. If there are people in your life, including yourself, that question your ability to comfortably wear a size six, calmly but firmly tell them to zip it. Intentionally believe in your ability to look good in those pants you've been eyeing. Surround yourself with people who believe in you. Strive to seek out influences that inspire and motivate. There is so much great content out there with podcasts, YouTube, social media, TED Talks. Protect your seed from predators if you want your goal to grow to maturity. Weeds can be a big problem when trying to grow a garden. 
stay vigilant about weeds and pull out every noxious thought that would choke the dream. Delete every poisonous thought that would rob you of the vital nutrients and the optimal environment for growth. Be intentional during the lag by striving for 1% better each day. Over time, habits and character evolve. The thing is, temporary changes will give you temporary results. The law of the harvest and the law of gestation ensure that the changes which occur create true growth and that necessary lifestyle adjustments are firmly in place in order to sustain all that we've attained. I hope this analogy of the garden will shine a light on the importance of planting the goal in rich soil with nutrient-packed thoughts and high-vibe environment clear of predators and weeds. As we wait and grind, use the tool of controlling the controllables, your thoughts, feelings, and actions, and let go of what is out of your control, the time it takes. It's all about who we are as we wait during the first year of sleeping and the second year of creeping so that we can sustain the third year of leaping and truly maintain the reaping. Tend to your seed by ensuring there are rich nutrients in the soil, the thoughts in your mind, and by ensuring the conditions in the environment, the feelings you operate from, are ideal to promote the most effective growth. Resist the urge to pull up the plants in order to check the roots. Allow the process to happen, knowing forces are at work outside of our visible field. Ralph Waldo Emerson is one of my favorites, and he says, adopt the pace of nature. Her secret is patience. As we continue to stay committed, to nourish the seed with water, sun, and fertilizer, as we allow it to germinate, Keep the predators away and weed the garden. It's only a matter of time until we see the fruits of our labor. It takes as long as it takes. In addition to awareness and the garden analogy, consider the law of creation. It seriously is awesome. Understanding it and utilizing it is another powerful tool we can apply to every goal we desire, helping us trust the process. The law of creation is see plus say plus feel equals creation. Seeing has everything to do with our spirit. We see internally as we visualize and meditate. Everything has to be created spiritually before it can be created physically. So internal seeing is powerful. External seeing is also important. We see externally as we create a vision board with pictures that represent the accomplishment we desire. See is the first ingredient to creation. Say is next. We say with our mind, both internally as thoughts and externally as the words we speak. We say with prayers, both said in our hearts and minds, as well as said out loud and written out. We say with affirmations we think, write, read, and verbalize. We say as we think and speak to ourselves and others about the goal we are creating. Feel is the last ingredient of creation. We feel with our bodies. Feelings of high frequency are required to create. Feel gratitude that the goal is happening. Feel love 
for yourself for working for it, and for God who is orchestrating it. Feel faith in the fruition of your dream. Feel excitement for what is coming and feel what it will feel like to actually receive it. Commitment to see, say, and feel in high frequency is our job. The actual manifestation of the goal and the timing of it is God's job. Be intentional about using the law of creation and focusing on only the things we have control over. Allow it to take as long as it takes. Celebrating wins is another effective tool to endure the lag with joy. Acknowledging and praising each little step forward all along the path builds momentum. Celebrating wins nourishes the seed with positive thoughts and enhances the environment with gratitude. Recognizing little wins bolsters self-belief. It enables us to be happy with what we have while working for what we want. Focus on how far you've come. Another powerful tool to help us let go of the hurried, frenzied energy often accompanying our goal is to intentionally be present in the moment. Take three slow breaths. Get out of your head and fully into your body. Access each of your senses by naming five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can feel, two things you can smell, one thing you can taste. This simple exercise gets you immediately present so that you can be mindful instead of having a mind that is full. To let go of the rush, generate gratitude for this moment. Being present is a game changer for living joyously, despite the timetable associated with our results. There's so much more I want to offer about the truth it takes as long as it takes, but I will keep these podcasts within a reasonable time period. (laughs) The last concept for your consideration on this topic of waiting and hurrying and rushing relates to this wise observation. I asked God for flowers and it started to rain. I'm sure you've noticed that often things get worse before they get better. There is a chaos theory in play in the universe, which says things must break down in order to be remade at a higher level. For example, when you decide to organize a closet, everything has to get taken out first and it's a huge mess until it's sorted, rearranged and remade. If you've watched the amazing resonance experiment, look it up on YouTube if you want. In this amazing resonance experiment, the chaos theory is easy to recognize. There is a sound plate that resonates at first at a very low frequency. Sand is continually shaken onto the sound plate and the sand on the sound plate organizes itself into specific geometric patterns at the different sound frequencies. As the sound frequencies increase, so does the complexity of the geometric patterns the sand gets shaken into. There is always a time of chaos when the sound frequency is turned up to a higher level where the sand gets all mixed up in the process of reorganizing itself into an even more intricate pattern. The higher the sound vibrations, the more complex the geometric patterns. But the patterns are only remade due to the moments of chaos between each up-leveled state. 
It is the same with our lives. If you are striving to create new habits, to up-level, to put yourself out there in the world in a vulnerable way, when you firmly commit to a goal and it starts to rain, it might seem like things are breaking down or feel like you're falling apart. In these moments, remember the chaos theory. Know you are being remade at a higher level. Hold on and trust the process. It's easy to question the path in these times of uncertainty. Do not let the chaotic moments derail your dream. Remember, often a positive change in our lives is preceded by a period where a number of unsettling things are taking place. It's the disorder that allows a new order. Think of a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Think of all the chaos that's happening as the caterpillar gets remade into the butterfly. It can be productive in these moments to consider all the things in your life like a purse full of stuff. Jody Moore gives this analogy and it can be very insightful. Imagine emptying out the purse on the counter and examine all the items individually. Dump out everything that is taking up space in your life onto the table and really examine all the items. Is this thing that is taking up space in the purse and weighing it down serving me? Do I like it? Do I want to keep it? Once you've taken an inventory of all of the things filling up your life and gotten rid of the extra stuff, once you feel good about your choice to spend time and energy with each item you put back into your purse, then move forward with the awareness that you are in control of your life and you choose each and everything that you are filling your life with. Focus on the miracle, the goal, the dream, not the unfavorable circumstance in the chaotic moments. One of my very favorite empowering thoughts, which is now a powerful guiding belief of mine is nothing but good will come from everything I experience today. And all things are happening for me. There is a much bigger plan than mine in motion, and the miracles, the blessings, the results we seek are on their way to us. Just stay the course. I love the saying, good things come to those who believe, better things come to those who wait, and the best things come to those who don't give up. I hope over the past few minutes, I've reminded you of the unavoidable reality that it takes as long as it takes. I hope I've convinced you to drop the rush and ditch the impatience in order to allow the natural order of things and to find joy in the journey. When it feels like you are inchworming it toward the finish line, remember the gardening analogy. Control the controllables your thoughts, feelings, and actions. Give the seed fertile soil with empowering thoughts and favorable conditions to grow with an environment of high-frequency emotions. Then show up with 100% commitment and zero expectation every single day. Stay out of God's business. It takes as long as it takes. I challenge you to change finish lines in your life into mile markers. Drop the frenetic pace that leads to burnout and quitting. Take a breath. Get really present. 
Allow yourself to celebrate wins and enjoy the journey. See, say, feel in high frequency. Understand the law of the harvest and the law of gestation. Release every smidgen of force energy, controlling of timetables, and of pushing of agendas. Surrender to God's divine and perfect timing. Realize this life isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. We can generate how it will feel there right now while we are here. We must cultivate self-belief first before the evidence will follow. A rigid, results-based, fixed mindset rushes. A flexible, process-driven, character-focused mindset founded in trust and love waits. So the question is, will we keep a good attitude when there is no progress? Will we continue to show up in alignment and do the work required if the reaping is not forthcoming? Have faith, cultivate patience, trust the process. What is meant for us is coming to us. Have faith. God isn't finished yet. He is setting the stage. He is orchestrating all of the moving parts and his timing is perfect. You are stepping in to your divine greatness and it takes as long as it takes. Hey there, if you enjoyed this podcast and want more, go grab my free tutorial, Three Brain Traps That Will Keep You Stuck. If you are to truly find joy in the journey and embrace the fact that it takes as long as it takes, it is critical you become the boss of your brain and firmly align your thoughts with light and truth. I can't wait to get you started. Click on the link in the show notes or go to my website, candacenoss.com to get it. And remember, you are designed for greatness.